Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, it was a, call it a slow day for our markets today after what looked to be a pretty strong open this morning. Our major indexes kind of meandered lower uh, through mid-morning and midday, but we were able to you know, continue this trend that we've seen recently showing some resilience from our market that we were able to rally off the lows of the day. We didn't get quite back to the highs of the day, which we've seen also a lot of lately, which is exactly what you want to see our major indexes finishing at their highs of the day as opposed, obviously, to their lows of the day. So finishing and rallying off of those lows, we'll take it here. Uh, Again, certainly not wild about today's trading, but don't forget the old saying, which we look to a lot today, never short a dull market, which that's about what we see this as here. If we were finishing near the lows of the day, you know, getting really ugly internals, then we would not be as bullish as we are right now in this market. But that's not what we've seen. And the setup here continues to look to us like the next big move will be to the upside here. We've got a number of reasons for that here. You've heard us talk a lot about them. Uh, and really primarily the fact that we are still in the most seasonally bullish period of the year right now. So seasonality is on our side and we continue to get bullish contrarian indicators here through sentiment as investors continue to be really, really pessimistic here. Uh, we just learned from the from Bank of America's Global Fund Manager Survey Investors right now are the most underweight stocks that they have been since 2009, which of course is when the market bottomed after the financial crisis, with 63% of those surveyed seeing more weakness ahead for the economy. All right, so that's how you know the pros, as they like to refer to themselves, the professionals out there see the market. What does the public think about this right now? Well, public pessimism is in the same boat with a record 69% of the public surveyed for this this survey, probably most likely all in New York and California. But regardless, for this survey, a record level of negative views on the economy, 69% of the public holding negative views here with just 24% of those surveyed saying now is a good time to invest in stocks. Folks, with signs like this, it's exactly when you want to be owning stocks. The majority is rarely, if ever, correct when it comes to big moves of the stock market, right? I mean, look at how negative sentiment has been going back to the October lows of last year. Well, if if you've missed out on the move from October to today, if you're looking at major sectors and ETFs, I mean, you're talking about missing 25, 30, 40% moves here from those October lows that you would have missed completely by being out of this market. Uh, and there's one really big reason why the public misses this so much. You know, we wish that that wasn't the case, but 
what most people fail to realize is the stock market is not the economy. We talk about it a lot here. We know we've got a great smart money audience here that you see this, right? But it's very easily overlooked and it's very easy to get pessimistic when you hear all of the negativity from the financial mainstream media or just the regular mainstream media. Uh, what you hear from our own government agencies about how bad the economy needs to get right, in order for things to correct themselves. But what they don't make the distinction between is that the stock market is not the economy. And history tells us the stock market begins to rebound before the economy does. Look back over history. Bull markets typically start during a recession. That makes sense. The bottom would happen before everyone else knows it's in. And around six to nine months before the bottom in earnings is in, the stock market has already bottomed. So you can see, you know, it's very easy to see negative earnings and think, oh, well, we've got to have the next move's got to be lower. Unfortunately, it just isn't that easy. And again, the stock market's not the economy. And now, as Q1 earnings are underway, it's looking more and more like the earnings worries may be coming to an end as well. Yesterday, also Bank of America here, said that the start to Q1 earnings season, Kip covered this yesterday as well, that this start to earnings season has been the best start to an earnings season in over a decade. Now, there's a lot of games being played there, right? Because companies last year slashed their estimates on earnings. That's part of what had the market so worried and so pessimistic about this earnings season. But it's all a game. They cut those earnings estimates and now they're going to beat them, right? Uh, it's all about managing expectations for these companies. And, uh, you know, we saw part of that today as well. After the close, we got Netflix reporting on earnings, getting a beat on earnings per share, barely missing on revenue. But the stock fell right after reporting. And the initial reaction from the peanut gallery out there was that Netflix was going to get crushed. The only problem with that is that as of recording this podcast, just, just you know, not too long after when Netflix reported, Netflix initially dropped some 3.5%. I just got a refresh here. It's 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Eastern. Netflix is now up 6 tenths of 1%. So the peanut gallery got it wrong here again, at least for now. So that's what we want to see is not the news that matters. It's the market's reaction to that news. So they can say, oh, Netflix earnings are terrible and next quarter will be terrible as well. The sky is falling, but the stock's up. So again, it's not the news that matters. It's the market's reaction to that news. And stay tuned here. We'll continue to report on earnings as they come in. Looking at our markets on the day now, though, as I mentioned earlier, you know, not wild about today's trading, but again, never short a dull market. And it was a dull market out there today. Our major indexes finishing essentially flat on the day. But before I get to the U.S. market, I want to take a quick look here at international markets. Uh, first off, China GDP better than expected. Stocks down a little bit for China. This is still, you know, such an unloved group of stocks that, uh, you know, we continue to like it for certain reasons here, at least as a trading vehicle, not necessarily you want to own, you know, in your retirement portfolio, but looking around the globe here, 
today, the Japanese ETF, the ETF following Japan hit a 52-week high. And I'll, I'll bring this all together here in a second. Today, also, the hedged European equity fund, all-time high. The German DAX hit a 52-week high. And there are multiple other European ETFs that either hit an all-time high or 52-week high in the last two sessions if they didn't get there again today. So what does that mean for our markets? Well, another old adage here that really rings true is new highs beget new highs. So the more countries, the more sectors we start to see hitting fresh 52-week highs, we expect our market here in the U.S. to be following as well. Uh, so it's really good to see the global strength. And again, that should spill over into the U.S. markets. And so speaking of new highs for the U.S. market, the S&P 500 was our only major index to finish higher on the day today. And it just hit its highest level in over the month in over a month as well. It's something we want to see continue. The S&P up just 0.09%, but again, it was enough for its highest level in over a month to 4,154. We're followed there by the Dow Jones, essentially flat on the day, down just 10 points to 33,976. NASDAQ right there behind it. The Dow was down 0.03%, NASDAQ down 0.04% to 12,153. I will point out, uh, let me get a final refresh here that we want to see tech leading, but what do we want to see leading tech? The semiconductors and the semis led all of our major indexes today up almost half a percent here for SMH, the semiconductor ETF. So good to see from our favorite group. And lastly, small caps down four tenths of 1% to 1,795. Looking at our internals on the day, very similar to our major indexes, you know, call it mixed to negative on the day, but you could also call it pretty much flat. Declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ, but certainly not big beats here. 52-week highs to lows were able to come in positive for the NYSE and about two to one negative for the NASDAQ, about what we've seen lately. And then lastly, volume came in positive as well for the NYSE and just barely negative for the NASDAQ. So again, kind of a dull day there. Uh, but again, I don't say dull in a bad way because you never want to short a dull market. And again, we see the next move, next big move for our market should be to the upside. Let me get a refresh on one thing here as well. The VIX today down seven tenths of 1%. That is a 52 week low on volatility at now in a 16 for the VIX. Uh, that, you know, if we're talking about new highs, beginning new highs, new lows, beginning new lows, volatility hitting a new low, hey, we'll take it. That's a, that's a, a another bullish tell uh, for us here. It is at oversold readings here. Some of our major indexes nearing overbought levels. So, you know, we'll see what plays out. But a, a big earnings week, if that continues like we got from the banks, uh, the next, you know, we're looking at, a rocket ship kind of move higher, really. Next up, let's take a look at our sectors on the day. We finished with seven out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. We were led by industrials and energy. And then number three on our list, even with the NASDAQ down on the day, the tech sector was up over four tenths of 1%. And again, seeing the semis up today, bullish 
from that group as well. We were followed there by materials, which hit their highest level in over a month. Uh, consumer staples, you know, a defensive sector, but hit their highest level of the year today. And then looking at our laggards, healthcare, communication services, utilities, and then really real estate was closer to flat on the day today. And so while real estate was lower, you got to take a look at the housing index because the housing index and home builders leading the way led tech, led the semis, led everything today. HGX, the housing index. Let's get a final refresh on that as well. Last time I saw it, it was up over 1.7%, finished up 1.75%. That's its highest level since February earlier this year. And we're seeing the same thing from the home builders. XHB, the home builder ETF, also finishing up nicely on the day, hitting its highest level since the beginning of March, up 1.74%. And keep this in mind, because so many people out there are so bearish on housing. You really can't find anybody that's bullish on it. Take a look. If you haven't seen it yet, Kip covered this on his Fox Business interview on Making Money last Friday. If you haven't seen it yet, you can see it on our social media pages. It's up on our Rumble channel. It's also up on the Fox Business uh, website as well under Making Money. So we, uh, there was a guest host. Kip covered this yesterday as well. Uh, Lauren, she's great. Uh, it was so interesting to see. And, and Kip gave a little background information on yesterday's podcast too. That was very cool. I highly recommend you go watch it. Um, but she was very surprised to have someone on the show who was actually bullish for a change. And if the, 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 just like our major indexes and sectors I talked about earlier, if you weren't bullish on this group, then you've missed out on massive gains. ITB, the home construction ETF, which was also up, it actually led both HGX and XHB. Um, ITB finished up almost 2.3% on the day today, up now 46% from the October lows of last year. And that's the highest level for ITB since early February this year. Once it crosses through that level, it'll be at a 52 week high. Uh, so again, new highs begets new highs and we remain bullish on housing as a group here. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch, gold higher on the day up just over half a percent to $2,017 an ounce. Hell of a year. Trump's uh, inauguration year. <laughs> I'll also point out that gold miners were up even more. That's exactly what you want to see from this group. Gold miners, GDX, up over seven tenths of one percent on the, excuse me, on the day, and also approaching a fifty-two week high here. Silver up three quarters of one percent to twenty-five dollars and twenty-seven cents an ounce. Copper now up over half a percent to $4.09 a pound. And oil hanging on to gains here up just right at 0.14% to $80.92 a barrel. And finally for today, Bitcoin showing some life here again, holding back above $30,000 of Bitcoin, now up over 3% to 30341 And let's see here, the... Highs of the year, 31,023, so not far from those levels at all. If you've been tuning in here for a while, you know we like Bitcoin as a risk-on indicator. You know, 
It, it typically leads our markets. If you go back and look at a long-term chart, there's a few divergences in there, but when Bitcoin's heading higher, it tells you that people are ready to put money to work uh, and that money is gonna find its way to the stock market as well. Uh, so we wanna see Bitcoin continuing to head higher as well. So folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.